It's Thursday the 8th of December. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. And Shane, uh, breaking news today. Heavy, heavy news um, coming out of your household in and around the Christmas tree. Well, big time, Tim. So a huge debate has happened in the Lee household um, since the weekend. Mm. We got, we went down and got Thomas and I um, a, a real Christmas tree. Um, we picked it. We thought it was a good shape. And apparently, according to my wife and my daughters, it's appalling, <laughs> the shape of the Christmas oh, tree. So, yeah, they want to go with a fake one next year, which I've, al- I've always liked the smell of the real one, mate. So I'm not sure just yet, but I must admit, it's not very... Um, Christmas tree looking. <laughs> it's a bit like getting older without sort of euphemising the conversation too much. It's not always easy to keep the pine tree straight, is it? No, um, no, it can be tough after a while, Tim. All right, we've got a fair bit on today. Cristiano Ronaldo, the latest from him at the World Cup. It's a melodrama, isn't it? David Beckham gets slammed. And David Warner, what about his furious statement? In life, the most important thing is trust. Without it, everything is a lot harder in a quickly changing and turbulent time. Barclay Pierce Capital is a safe pair of hands, an organisation built on people. They understand you've worked hard to build your nest egg and their asset management business is tailored to suit your needs. Their services help grow your wealth in order to provide long-term safety and security for you and your family. BPC, just a phone call away. Are you thinking about making a podcast? If so, contact the Afternoon Sport Group. We'll make it easy. With the technical know-how and industry knowledge, we'll get your podcast up and running in no time. Get in touch via our website or email hello at afternoonsport.com. So, look, we spoke about Cristiano Ronaldo mm. yesterday, and of course, they had that good win. Um, he was dropped, obviously, from the team. Only came on very, very late. Then he uh, showed uh, absolute disregard for the celebrations. Uh, there's shit going down in Portugal, isn't there? There is, mate. But Portugal, you have to say they're they're right there now with um, mm. for the favourites. Six-one win over Switzerland. That's not easy to get six goals against them. Um, and that's without him. That's without him, mate. But they have a new superstar, Ramos. Um, he yeah. scored a hat-trick. Now, he's 21 years old, Ramos. The youngest player to score a hat-trick in a World Cup knockout. Listen to this. Since 1958, done by Pele. Unbelievable. Wow. So, this kid is a superstar. And unfortunately, Ronaldo seems to be on the outer, not only at Man U now, but also at his home, Portugal. Yeah, he's an ageing superstar. Obviously, still... Huge star, yep. arguably the number one in the world. But there's also those stats that he hasn't kicked a goal in a round of 16 matches, all those things, and he's closer to 40 than 30. Mm. So Cristiano Ronaldo, in- interesting watch. Now, David Beckham, talking about superstars, he has been slammed in another controversy over there at the World Cup. Well, David Beckham's always been someone I thought could read the room pretty well. He's always sort of navigated his way through a lot of ups and downs in his career. Um but he's always had a pretty good read on what the public think, and I think he's really missed the point here a couple of times. He's gone and copped a lot of flack by being the ambassador over there in Qatar. Then he's gone back to Boston, and he's and he's presented the, the Earthshot Prize, and they're saying this just reeks of hypocrisy. And you sort of have to agree with Qatar's human right issues. He's now presenting Earthshot Prize in Boston, and I can see why people are actually questioning his, um, his ethics here. 
David, David Beckham. Mm. I tell you what, he, no shortage of cash, is there? No, mate, no. And look, and look, you could probably get get past this hypocrisy claims because he was paid two hundred thirty seven million dollars to be the ambassador in Qatar. He'll probably get over these um, these uh, issues in the paper. Yeah, I remember, yeah, you'll be able to brush past them. But I remember when he went to the LA Galaxy, and I think it was $176 million. Mm. This was this was an indication of where his star status was. And he'd made the money like in a week yeah. or two just through memorabilia because everyone was, you know, in jerseys and everything else that went with it. But because uh, there was a big controversy, the other players were only getting paid this, that and the other. But, uh, yeah, David Beckham, what a superstar he is. Now, Socceroos star Craig Goodwin, he was one of the real highlights for the Australian team and he's come out and he's, like many, very, very hopeful um, that this can be the impetus to, to kick the game forward in Australia, kick the world game forward in Australia. Yep, and I th- we spoke about this just the other day, Tim, and we I think we both hope that happens. Um, what Craig Goodwin is saying is that um, he's really hoping, based on the success of the World Cup, that we get now the sport gets some more government funding. But if you look currently where the government funds other sports ahead of soccer, in front of soccer funding terms are golf, tennis, basketball, AFL, cricket, the NRL and rugby union. So they are way down the pecking order in terms of getting government funding and he just hopes that the government may change their tune because we do have more juniors playing soccer than any other any other um, sport in this country. Oh, yeah. And look, anyone who has children playing soccer knows that you pay a fair bit more. Like if you've got kids mm. registered for league and it's a lot cheaper to have them play those sports and it is to play soccer. It's uh, and that obviously is directly related to government funding. Yeah, now the death of a tennis legend, controversial legend at time, of course, at times, of course. But Nick Bolateri, everyone will know the name because he was the mentor to many superstars. He was, and he passed away at the age of ninety-one. I didn't realize he was that old. Um, but yeah, he's coached some of the greats, uh, Andre Agassi uh, and Maria Sharapova, to name a few. But also advised both the Williams sisters um, and Boris Becker, and uh, he's had a raft of, of superstars come through that academy. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Stay with us. We've got plenty to talk about. We've got this test match starting today in Adelaide. They're getting the pims ready and that superstar set out the back of the the member stand at Adelaide, where there's fine food and music. That's all happening. NRL and plenty more. John O'Brien is a legend of Australia's beer industry. In 2003, he dreamed of producing a great tasting beer that could be enjoyed by everyone, free from the ill effects of mass produced wheat and barley. John began a brewing journey blending unique aromas and flavours offered by ancient grains such as sorghum and millet. He perfected recipes over time which have led to 40 local and international awards, including three gold medals at the Australian International Beer Awards, a gold medal at the Indies, and a silver medal at the Beer World Cup. Proudly 100% Aussie-owned, made in Ballarat, O'Brien Beer is Australia's most awarded gluten-free beer and widely available around Australia through major retailers and online at rebellionbrewing.com.au. O'Brien Beer, the beer that loves your back. Now, the first test in Adelaide, for people that haven't been to an Adelaide test match, I think you and I both have mentioned this on many occasions, make sure you do it because it is a celebration regardless of what's happening out uh, in the middle of the historic and wonderful Adelaide Oval. The actual celebration out the back is superb. The question mark here is, is can the West Indies defy the lethal nature of the pink ball and 
keep this test match going for a few days. I, I doubt it. I, I think Australia's going to dominate. Um, Cummins has been um, failed his fitness test, so he is out. Uh, and in comes the cold hero, Scott Boland. So Scott Boland, those who remember, he's played only three tests for Australia, but he's taken 18 wickets at an average of 9.55. That is yeah. ridiculous. That is under 12 stuff. Um, his first-class record is good as well, like 318 wickets at 24. So he, he's very economical, um, bowls very straight. He'll bowl very well with this pink ball. They're in trouble. Yeah, all starts today, of course. That's the second test match against the West Indies. Then we have the three test matches against South Africa. will take us through with the historic Boxing Day test and, and then into the Sydney test. And this is the first test series we've played against South Africa uh, mm. since... Sandpaper Gate, and that takes us to David Warner. And uh, he's issued a furious statement over uh, the leadership ban. Well, I read this statement, and I could guarantee David Warner didn't write it. <laughs> it's just mm, been written okay. by his legal team. And uh, and the legal tone uh, on this um, note to Cricket Australia suggests that he's going to be seeking damages in the future. I, I really believe that now. I've always thought that he's going to come out post-retirement and actually t- do a tell-all. Um, and I think he's really lining him up now to do that. And I, and I think he has been treated pretty poorly since he's de- definitely done his time. They've opened the door, but then they don't. They almost want him to be publicly sort of trialled um, to see whether he can be given the capsie again. That's not how it works. Steve Smith is captaining this side, and they both committed the same crime. So, yeah, big, big call. But it was never very transparent, was no. it? The whole thing was bungled from Cricket Australia. And you, no one really knew who did what, what was said. So there's an air of mystery that just still hangs over the whole thing. And there's going to be a lot of guys who played in that team too that were never persecuted. I think would be very, very nervous upon David Warner's retirement. I'm just going to say that. All right. Aaron Finch, he's keen to continue in the BBL. He, he still feels there's plenty of time or some time left in his career it was a an underwhelming t20 world cup campaign uh, uh, look oh, he's been a great player Aaron Finch I do think he's really starting to get to the end though I, I agree he's 36 um he said don't write me off just yet and it's pretty hard not to look and I agree Tim he's been a fantastic player his, his stats for Australia in the short form of the game are unbelievable um he's been a good captain as well um but I just think he's come he's come off the boil he's now saying he's had a bit of a rest um and what he, I think what he's really hoping for, he has a, a fantastic BBL for the Melbourne Renegades, and then he might get two more years on the on the T20 pay circuit. That, that, I think that's what he's aiming for. Yeah, I don't blame him. I don't blame no. him. But like you say, he's 36, and he's not a you know fit as a fiddle no. without injury 36. We do see some of those players mm. who have really had you know the, the luck of the draw come fitness, and, and he's had some injuries. <laughs> well, what do you is make it, of, is the luck uh, of the draw fitness, Tim, you reckon? Oh, no, I don't mean that. Fitness, yeah, I, I try to talk about my own fitness in that manner, but I meant more I know injury. Mean, yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, uh, injuries can just strike certain players and they can't stop getting injured. What about this English import, Ross Whiteley, uh, up there with the heat? He, he wants to, he set the bar high, um, wants to emulate the feats of Chris Lynn, who, of course, has been superb, one of the, you know, one of the real superstars of the, the modified version of the game. Well, Darren Lehman, who was the coach of the Sandpaper Gate, um, and he's now coach of the Heat, uh, has basically decided not to um, give Chris Lynn a contract. So he, he leaves there and goes over to the Strikers. Um, and they've, they've gone with this, this guy who's 34 years of age, Ross Whiteley, um, plays for Worcestershire. Um, he's a massive hitter of the ball. He hit uh, for Worcestershire, hit six sixes 
in and over in 2017, so he has no problem clearing the pickets. So, um, yeah, he wants to go up there and, and try and dominate at the Gabba. And a little bit of uh, rugby league news. We know that it takes more than just um, passing and running and, and tackling in the game to make a successful team. Of course, Penrith, uh, they had everything work in their favour. They've, they've won a couple of premierships. Cameron Seraldo, assistant out there to Ivan Cleary's now over there at the Bulldogs. And he's starting to take a, you know, t- take a few people away from the Penrith setup into the Bulldog setup. Not necessarily superstar players, although we've seen Viliama kick out uh, who's, who's going to play for Penrith and Matt Burton. They were uh, contracts written up uh, a little while back. Um, this is interesting. Very interesting. So Cameron Serraldo, as you said, gone to the Bulldogs from the Panthers. He promised not to poach any of the players, particularly in the first year or so. And he's honoured his word on that. But he was the guy that brought in this um, UFC wrestling expert um, and did a lot of work with the Panthers, and that's been a really big part of their defense and why they've been so good over the last few mm. years. Well, he's actually poached that person to come over to the Bulldogs, um, and the Panthers have no problem with that. They said he was the guy that brought him in, so he's not dishonoring his, um, his promise not to poach. But, uh, yeah, he's taken that away, and he believes that's going to work really well for the Bulldogs moving forward. Yeah, I'd really like the Bulldogs to perform uh, in mm. 2023. I think the competition in the NRL is so much better when they're good. And uh, what about Joe Rogan? Like, he's a superstar in the United States, worldwide, really, uh, through his, his, you know, mostly now through his podcasts. But um, he's had a real rip at The Rock, um, a bombshell accusation at The Rock. I, I want to see where this um, this thing lands because Joe Rogan, we all know, is a, a huge podcaster, has a lot of people that follow him. The Rock is loved, and Rock, The Rock's never had any negative press, I, I can't recall, but Rogan has called him out saying he's definitely taking steroids, and he told him to come clean. And he said, Rogan said he took steroids uh, at a younger age, and he says no way that The Rock can be the same size as he was at 30 uh, and now at 50 without taking steroids. And um, you see some photos of The Rock. Um, probably, you probably have to agree with Joe Rogan on this one. Yeah, uh, but you're right. He's popular. Like The Rock has got yep. 351 million followers on Instagram. Yeah. Um, 351 yep. million followers. And it's a very litigious country, isn't it, uh, the US? Mm. So um, we may see uh, you know, some court action. Maybe not, but um, they're, they're pretty strong comments. Now, on a lighter subject, we're, we're sort of – Talking Christmas trees today and the stone fruits are out and, you know, everyone's trying to order their hams and uh, get ready for Christmas. Um, I was in the backyard with a great tradition yesterday, bowling to Louis and he was smashing me all around the place, a 10-year-old. <laughs> He's got a very strong left on the leg side. What about backyard cricket at the Lee household down there at Oak Flats? Yeah, well, Christmas Day, as, as the sun starts to sort of starting to set, Normally the cricket stumps come out. It's normally driven by Brett and my younger brother Grant. And uh, I must say, over, over the years, I've still been able to hold my own in the backyard, particularly we're playing with a tennis ball on grass and Brett steams in, and, but Brett's still quite fit. Mm. I'm, I'm getting towards the end of my career, Tim. <laughs> Fitness. I'm getting more, and more, getting, yeah, getting more and more nervous every year. So this year, and um, I'm sure no one will, will pass this on to my brothers, but I'm going to try and get them that pissed that I can still <laughs> – dominate with the bat that's my plan the hardest part about that is trying to not get yourself as pissed yeah I might hide the fucking stumps as well that might help Uh, Christmas time with the league that's it for afternoon sport today make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen big thank you to our sponsors fantastic sponsors Barclay Pierce Capital they're only a phone call away and of course our wonderful producer 
Mr. Dan McHugh, thank you. We are back on board tomorrow for your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening to Afternoon Sport. If you enjoyed the show, why not check out one of our other podcasts, like Strive Stronger with Andrew May. Listen in as Andrew May explores the latest in human performance with an all-star cast of subject matter experts. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts or head to afternoonsport.com.